Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to episode 412 of After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Did you catch the episode 411? You said you were listening on the beach when you were away. Did you listen to episode 411 with Thomas? Which one's 411? Thomas and Derek. Uh, I did, yes. What'd you think? A little bit boring, but, you know, it's all right. Big shoes to uh, fill, though. You know, like, I get uh, I get where Roisey and Vanner are at. They tried their best, but uh, obviously came up a little short. Honestly, but, one of the best episodes I think we've ever done here at yeah. After the Whistle. Yeah. <laughs> good one. Uh, anyway. No, they're good. It's good. It's always, like, uh, it's always nice to hear you know, players like Vanner and, and, and Derek, um, get on a podcast guys that have played together at the highest level guys that were, you know, number one center, number one, right winger goal scorer, point producer. These guys had, uh, these guys had a big responsibility. They were, they were great at what they did, you know, big, big part of our team when we played, they talked about, uh, well, obviously you heard it, but they were talking, we talked about Tage breaking out of a slump, right? Or, you know, gripping the stick to, and you could see it in last night's game. And we'll talk about last night's game in a little bit um, because there's, there is a lot, there's a lot more to talk about. I was just wondering if you heard episode 411, because I thought, uh, you know, the boys kind of, boys razzed you a little bit. So I didn't know if, if you had any, anything you what wanted you mean, to what say. Do you mean they, what do you mean they razzed me? I don't, I don't. Do you remember hearing anything that I haven't heard a thousand times from either Derek or Vanner in the dressing room? You think that's going to phase me now that I'm old, now that I'm away from the game? It's the same thing. You know, talking to these guys, whether you talk to Derek Roy or Vanek, and every time we have Vanner on throughout the week, there's ball busting literally constantly. It is part of, it's almost like part of the job description. You need to have uh, thick skin. And uh, the, if the you text don't, messages you're going to have a real hard and, time. The text messages are the best and Vanner's the silent assassin. Now, listen, we're going to get to maybe see all these guys coming up. And I don't know if everybody knows this, but the Ryan Miller event's coming back. Did you know this? The catwalk for charity? I'm pretty sure you got the invite. Just not sure if you opened it. Yeah, I got the invite. Something amazing happened last night. I think it was amazing, and I'm not trying to build it up more than it is because it's been talked about in a, in a broad spectrum here in the, in the NHL or in the hockey world, and that was Pat Kane's re- return last night to Chicago. Now, these are these are games where players come back, and you're kind of like, ah, you know, he's playing against his old team. Guy played five years there. Guy played six years there. We're not talking about that. 
We're talking about this is to me, this is almost Gretzky returning to the Oilers like. Okay. That's the caliber of player in his time that he was. He was a upper, upper, upper echelon for those that are born in the 80s or before that remember what Gretzky and those players were doing. Well, that's what Pat, Pat Kane is a Steve Eiserman to his organization. He is a Sidney Crosby. I think you understand what I'm saying. So these kinds of returns are always highly anticipated, right? Yes. Yeah. And fittingly, Chris Chelios' jersey being retired, one of the classiest guys I think I've ever met in hockey. I got a chance to meet him through the NHLPA workings and stuff like that. But unbelievable ceremony, very classy speech. He references Pat Kane. He references the fact that uh, you know he will go down as the greatest American-born player of all time, which I thought was interesting because Austin Matthews in Toronto, I'm sure, is is probably looking for that title as well. It's just so amazing to see a guy that played so long with such stature of Chris Chelios basically mention Patrick Kane is going to go down as the greatest American-born hockey player ever to play this game. I thought that was pretty special. And, you know, what does Patrick Kane do? He does special things. And on this night, which was, I'm sure, deep down in his, uh, in his heart, pretty emotional moment going back to Chicago. And he does. Well, he talked about it. He talked about it. He talked about returning, dressing in the other dressing room. He talked about all of that stuff. I mean, you lived that. I lived it on a different kind of a spectrum. I mean, I didn't play when I came back to Buffalo for the one year that I was in the league after I left. But coming back and dressing in the other dressing room and going out for pregame skate and warm up and all that stuff on the other side, flying in as a visitor, bussing into the hotel. I mean, it's. It's just a weird feeling. I mean, it, it's just not what you're used to, right? So he talked about all that stuff, getting dressed on the other side, and and but it's 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 not even that too. It's it's was Chelios' celebration overshadowing the fact that Pat Kane was back in the building, or was Pat Kane coming back overshadowing, you know, the Chelios celebration? You know what I mean? Then all I'm thinking last night as I'm watching this, and then he scores that goal is, it's been nice to see him mature show that people can change is it is he changing or is he growing is he just maturing people like, can grow fine people can grow and people can mature and it that people make mistakes yep that's all i'm saying about that because i think there are a lot of people that that probably root against the guy and i was one of them for a long time but then i i looked myself in the mirror and i'm thinking fuck man like i there are a lot of there's a lot of dumb shit that I did that that I needed to fix. It's been pretty cool to watch him grow. Well, a leader through experience, right? He's he's obviously one of the one of the most talented players back when he came into the league in 2007, 2008. Um he did in, in, incredible things as a as a young hockey player and you know obviously, you know Patrick Kane from his entry level deal moving into, you know, all the success that he had at a very early age, you know, money comes with that. And when you're 21 years old and you you're making, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars, I think sometimes, you know, 
it can be overwhelming for a lot of players, a lot of young players. Well, and I think fame he, that comes along with that. There's a lot of right. praise. There's a lot of admiration. I mean, it's a lot to handle. There's a lot to handle. And, and, and it really is tough. I think for a lot of the younger players that make such significant amounts of money. And sometimes you can make some bad decisions, things that you would regret. But the point in, in, in this life is, is you, uh, you learn from these mistakes. You learn from these things. You grow from them. The, you, you mature and you look at the player and the person that Patrick Kane is now. He's a very different. Um, he's a very different man than what he was in his early twenties. And he's gained so much. He's learned so much in the game. I'm sure that there's younger players on on Detroit that are going to use him as a sponge. They're, they're going to take in everything that you could possibly take in from such an elite player and guy like Patrick Kane. And it's important to be around players like that because just watching, just being a watcher of what he does every single day, whether how he's, what he's eating at dinner to, to when he eats and how he treats his body and all these types of things. These are important things for younger players to be able to watch from older guys. So oh, a lot of wisdom in there. Changing topics, you know where there's a lot of wisdom. You get in a car crash, don't be stupid. You call Salino Law, you call 888-888-8888. Don't make any mistakes. Their effort doesn't get questioned. They're there to work hard for you every single day, every single shift. They're gonna do whatever it takes to get you the most for your accident and your injuries. So if you've been hurt. You know who to call. Call the Yates, Salino Law, 888-888-8888. Just, uh, just fire away. Tell me, tell me your Chris, Chris Drury. Drury. Why? What's he done? Pretty solid, uh, pretty solid season for, uh, for the Rangers. Did you, did you feel that they were that good? Yeah, I didn't. I, I felt they were that good. I felt like they were a team to beat this year. Do you think Peter Laviolette taking over this team? Um, was obviously he's the right man for the job. He's doing a great job, um, with this hockey team. He's he was a stabilizer. Stabilizer. But you also added Michael Pekka. Michael you also Pekka. added Phil Housley. Yep. You brought in some key pieces. You have veteran players, and then recently, just recently, they've added a new style of player that we've never seen before. A six foot eight, two hundred and forty pound, young, hungry, tough guy. He's certainly been on fire right now. His name is Matt Rempe, six foot seven, six foot eight, two hundred and forty one pounds. He's a twenty one year old hockey player from Calgary, Alberta. Drafted in the sixth round, he gets tossed in the lineup in the outdoor game. Fights Matt Martin, first shift, first shift. Yep. Fights Nick Delorier. Fights arguably this, the toughest guy in the league. Arguably the toughest guy in the league. Has, and ha, goes and you, now now this kid has the analytics crowd who is against fighting talking about this guy. I'm not even joking. I'm I'm not even I'm not just picking on the analytics crowd, but there are, I have watched people absolutely destroy fighting and then now they're tweeting about how great these fights are. Make up your fucking mind. Okay? Now he fights Olivier last night, and he gets buckled. He gets beat pretty good, man. I mean, is someone gonna is someone gonna throw? I don't know throw if he. I don't know if he got beat pretty good. He, yeah. it, it, it's like two two great big massive men. Like I didn't realize how tough 
Olivier. Olivier. I didn't realize how tough he was. It played for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Tough as nails. Through absolute bombs. And uh, when when you're fighting this style, guys are just pounding on each other, and someone's going to take the brunt of it. And it just so happened that Olivier um, got the better of of Olivier of six one two twenty two. Yeah, big uh, big men. Big Do you know men what going happened? at it? You know what happened in this fight? You know why the Olivier was able to 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 get the better of Rempe? If you why? watch the fight, Rempe's hold is absolutely brutal. He overholds the the right yes. shoulder. Yes. Yep. I know exactly what he, you were. What, yeah, he what, overholds what the right shoulder. He should have grabbed that guy right in the middle under his chin, right in the middle of his shirt, crumpled that thing up and just held him out and just beat the fucking wheels off of him. He got too, too excited. Like once you have a bad hold, you got to try to reset it. You got to, you can't try to just fight through it. You got to try to reset it. But that's Don't also, you? that's also going to come with experience, right? Idea. It's like, I think once you're, once you get into a situation, um, you got Matt Rempe, who's is a very big man for the Rangers. He's played five games. He's got a goal, two two points, plus two, 32 penalty minutes. He has basically single-handedly brought a massive set of balls to to all these players on the team. And he's only going to get more dangerous as he gets older. He's only 21 years old. He's just a baby in this league. What's going to happen in three, four, five years from now? When he gets bigger, thicker, stronger, more man strength, he is going to be a very, very, very dangerous player to play against because he can also skate, and that's that's important too when you're when you're looking at these types of players in today's game. You how many, have to be ready to skate. How many players in the league are watching this and saying shit? Because there aren't many guys like me anymore. Where teams had one or two guys on every every team. Yep. Right. So there's probably what eight or nine guys that can actually really go with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Would you say eight or nine? And I have to throw Brady Kachuk yeah. in there. Yeah. Cause... Probably, probably eight, eight to 12. Um, but here's the thing. Um, once you start to see a few of these guys in the league come in, there will be a small, I don't think it'll ever go back to the old days, but you will start to see teams have to go out and find players like this. Okay. Everyone's going to have to have a player. You can't have a player like this that can't play the game. These players can play. Okay. Um, he's on this team to add speed and physicality first and foremost, and use that big body frame. And you know who just became more valuable to the Leafs? Ryan, Ryan Reeves. Reeves. Absolutely. I don't, care, I don't care what you say. The Leafs might have been trying to get rid of him or everybody might have been unhappy with him, but this is a guy that you're going to want to keep if they end up playing each other in the playoffs. Very much. And you know what else I've noticed too? And I don't need a statistic to back this up. And if somebody wants to correct me on this, if you had to say with certainty, yes or no, that there have been more fights this year than probably every year in the last four or five years. Would you say yes? I would say that there's there's more fights. Yes, I, had, I feel like even there was one in the the Winnipeg game last night. Lowry fought. 
there's fights all the time right now, it feels like. Not every game, not every game. <laughs> but I feel like every single night, like I'm watching another one right here, Nashville, Anaheim. Carrick and uh, Lausen. 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 Yeah. Liaison. Liaison. Oh, what's his name? You're the name butcher here. I think you got it. But I I, I get what you're saying. Um, there seems to be more fights. It's a big draw. Like I said, you want to watch great hockey? Go and watch go and watch uh Florida. Go and watch Florida. They score a ton of goals. They're nasty as all hell. They stick together as a team. It's constant junkyard dog with with skill. This has to be some kind of a message to the league by Chris Drury. I mean, he introduces this kid to the hockey world at the outdoor game against the Islanders. I mean, is there a bigger stage for the Rangers in the middle of a season than that? Yeah. My question is, I wonder what the league is going to do about this. What do you mean? Have we not seen a call for less fighting? These aren't spontaneous fights. That Matt Martin fight wasn't spontaneous. That Olivier fight was set up. That Delorier fight was premeditated. Yeah. I thought we were trying to get rid of this shit. What was it staged? Um was it staged? This kid being in the lineup is staged. Don't get me wrong. Don't mistake what I'm saying. I I love the idea of this. I believe this has has an impact. In fact, I believe Olivier winning that fight had an impact on Columbus breaking the Rangers winning streak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100% correct. Like when you see your big tough guy go down and get buckled, it's like, oh fuck, your stomach sinks. I mean, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I've I've been dropped. I've been dropped and had teammates say, man, my my stomach sank when I saw you get buckled there. You know, like I watched guys get buckled, my own teammates that did what I did, because we always had multiple guys. They get buckled and you're just kind of like, oh my God, that sinks your team, Riv. That sinks your team big time. Here they are riding high on the on the back of the six foot eight super heavyweight. And then he goes, he gets buckled and bleeding and in, in, you know, and here he are and they lose the game. Yes and no. They won 10 games. The, the Rangers won 10 games. They have the they have the elite offensive talent. Then when you look at their 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 back end, they have the back end. They have an outstanding defense core. Why do you think Chris Jury brought in Matt Matt Rempe? Because it was the last piece to making a full lineup where all the boxes are checks. Now, I don't think the Rangers are done when it comes to trades. Because I think that this team is going for it this year. They're going for the cup. Because they have all the pieces that they need. Because I think the Rangers right now feel that their window of opportunity to win the Stanley Cup is open. And I think they're going to go after it. Looking for a night out? Maybe go watch a game at a bar? Maybe even have a nice fancy dinner? Who knows? I might even get crazy and play some bets while I'm at it. And there's only one place to do all that. Only at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. You can hit up Stick Sports Bar and Grill, grab an unbelievable steak at the Western Door, gamble at the casino, or even play some bets at the sports book. All in one location at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. 
Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Sabres have won three in a row, four out of the last five. It's a big win against Carolina. It's a good hockey team. Well, that, and, win, that and win yesterday puts them at 500. Playoffs? What? I mean, is it is it doable? What are we talking about? Let's let's move on on that conversation okay. and just talk okay. about okay. how Sorry. they've won three in a row. And let's just praise. Well, what else would the motivation be? Let's be honest. I'm, I'm not trying to be an asshole here. They have Uka Pekalukinen, who we're going to talk about. Have they found their number one goalie? And what, are, what, what else would they be trying to win for? They look like an inspired hockey team. Okay? Mm-hmm. They, look like, they look like they're playing for the guy in, in net, to be honest with you. It looks like they're, they're taking more pride in the defensive zone. I think Jeff Skinner's looked pretty good. In certain areas, yeah. In certain areas, okay, fine. But let's let's start with that. He's back in the offensive ways. That's what the team needs most from him, first and foremost, is yeah. for him to produce in the one area that we know he can, and that's offensively. That's right. Big okay. goalie scored in last night's game. Like these are the things like in order for the Buffalo Sabres to win hockey games. And when you're given the I I talk about the cookie. When you're given the power play, that special time, we need guys to perform. And Jeff Skinner has to perform offensively because that's what he's paid to do. That's what he okay. does well. So and tell he me. He got a huge goal last night, which is massive. Tell me. Two games in hand on Tampa Bay. That's the team you're chasing. You can't worry about anybody else. You have to worry about what you can control. So you have games in hand on a couple of these teams. Not really, actually, just Tampa Bay. That Tampa Bay is probably realistically the wild card number two team. I don't see anything changing there. So you have New Jersey, Washington, Pittsburgh, Islanders, and Buffalo all chasing for that second wild card spot. Detroit's going to make it. They're playing really good hockey right now, and they might even finish in the top three of the division. What are they? Tell me what their motivation is then. If it's not the playoffs, just to just to hang a banner for strong finish again? I don't think so, Craig. I, I, I think- will. I will say this: like if you're in the dressing room right now of the Sabers, you know that everything is about taking care of business one game at a time. Do not overlook. Any other game, do not look five, ten games down the line. Look at the game that's in ahead of you. And you just have to win that game because you're in a position where you can't lose games. Now, I don't think they're sitting in that dressing room thinking that they're out. I'm sitting at home telling you that they're out. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. So I just flipped through to March, and it doesn't look good. It Listen, don't worry about the teams that they play. Worry just just worry about the game that's in front of you. Like they just played the Carolina Hurricanes, who is a very very good hockey team, and they ended up beating them. Their, their record right now is 34-18 and 6. Yeah, it's fantastic. Just about that loss last night. That's not a loss that the Carolina Hurricanes want to have. Well, he's 
he's a feisty, feisty, feisty coach. He coaches like he played. Um, he does not like losing. And I, I listen. I mean, I thought the Sabers played very well. There's there's opportunities for them to score, you know, multiple goals. Like Tage Thompson had an opportunity uh, to 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 win the game. Jeff Skinner at the end of the game uh, was left alone when, in front of the net. When Tage gets back to form, that game is five two. That game doesn't even go to overtime. Yeah, and and it listen, Tage is go getting to opportunities, which I think for a goal scorer. For a guy who's a point producer, that is very, very important. Tage, I'm sure, is angry as all friggin' hell right now because he's not producing points, but he's getting the opportunities. And those opportunities, if he sticks with it, are going to come. He looks a little tight. He looks like he's really I'm not I'm not saying he's trying to force things, but you look at the situation last night where he got fed a puck on the right-hand side and he took it to the net. And I know the goaltender uh, made a really nice little kind of little poke check on Tage, but Tage, when he's confident, like really in the zone, that puck would have been in. He rips it. And here's the other thing too. There was another play where he went wide and he, he probably could have tried to blast it over the goalie's glove, either glove. And he, he went around the net. Do you remember this? I do. Yep. He tried to take it around the net. And I'm just thinking, like, man, I, I wonder like, if it was last year, does he shoot that puck? I think he probably re- or he tries to go in on the deke. We're just we're identifying that the chances are still there. And that's that's when you don't have to worry because they, they snap out of it. But beating Carolina last night, I think, is huge going because now you go to Florida and then you have Tampa Bay. You have to split the weekend. You it's not the weekend, but you know what I mean? You have to split the two games there. Got to take one of them. Florida's going to be tough. You got to eye that Tampa Bay game because that's who you're chasing in the standings, right? Like that's your that's your must win. That's the, that's the uh, the the four point the four point game as we call it. Two points that you can get and two points the other team does not get. So four point game, massive game uh, against Tampa Bay. You know, Florida. Listen, I mean, Florida's humming right now, but. I I I've said this I've said this all year. I don't think the Sabers have played well or up to expectations. I think the the style of play, if, if they play the right way, can beat any team in the National Hockey League. No questions. They've shown it all year. They've beaten the very best in this league. They've beaten the Toronto's, the Boston's. Um, they've beaten the Rangers. They've beaten Vegas Golden Knights. Like they've beaten Dallas. They've beaten the best teams. Colorado Avalanche, LA Kings, they've beaten the best. Now it's about trying to find consistency in your game. You need to be able to play the same robotic, energized game each and every night. And the best teams in the league, there's a very fine line between winning and losing in the NHL. A very fine line. And right now, you're hoping that the Sabres can mature enough as a team to understand that playing a system and playing it to a T will create more offense, which will create less defending, 
which will create less goals against, which gives your team a chance to win more hockey games. And well, I just played ver- listen, very I, well the last. I asked you the question about playoffs at the start of this segment, and I know you kind of laughed at me. I mean, they, they have to find a realistic motivation. It can't be for contracts anymore. Paterka can't be playing for his cookie and his, his contract. He can't have these guys doing that. Yeah, he, that's exactly what he's playing for. Well, okay, well, but you know what? He's though? playing for his contract, and he's playing for his cookie. Like, we have, a, we have five minutes. I don't know if you caught this, but we had five minutes yesterday of, of overtime. Do you remember how many times J.J. Paterka was on the ice? At zero. I don't think he was zero. on. Was yeah, yeah. Zero times. J.J. Paterka is our leading fucking scorer on the team. He is fast as shit. He is strong on pucks. Explain to me why he does not get an opportunity on this team to play in overtime, which is probably where he is going to benefit the most. You think it's contract? I don't think it's contract. I don't think it's contract. Um... I feel that they probably went with, you know, they started with Casey Middlestat and uh, Cousins. They came back with Tuck and Thompson. Then they came back with Skinner. And I can't even remember who the other person was. Um, Cousins, maybe? I don't know who went with Skinner on on that third hair jump. But for me, J.J. Paterka is 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 an insanely talented hockey player. He's got he's leading our team in goals. And we don't have him on on uh 3 on 3, which again, I'm not going to sit there and and say that they're doing something wrong. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that we have a player like JJ Paterka and you you're the one is what what are these players play, playing for? What is Casey Middlestat playing for? Petey, what do you think he's playing for? Go ahead and say it. I mean, it's exactly what, what he's playing for. Okay, I'll tell you what. They make the playoffs. He gets paid more, probably. I don't think so. Uh, okay. I, I I don't think that has any bearing if he makes the playoffs with the Buffalo Sabers or or not. I I think uh, Casey's going to get paid whether he plays in the playoffs or doesn't, and he's he's playing right now for wins. He's playing for points. He's playing to obviously, you know, help this team win more hockey games. But at the end of the day, we don't know where Casey's gonna gonna fit in. We don't know Kevin Adams' mindset of what he wants to do with Casey. But I'll tell you this: Casey's twenty five years old. I said this uh, the other day. He's twenty five years old. He his the best years of Casey's career are going to come in the next five years. Okay, so why isn't Paterka out there? That's a good question. You only have enough uh, meat uh, d- uh, to feed the lion cage, right? And you got to feed your big boys. Casey Middlestad, Alex Tuck, Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson. Guys like that are going to be out there. Dylan Cousins. But I'll say this. J.J. Paterka is, is insanely skilled. He has shown this year that he is... He isn't. He's going to be an offensive threat as he moves forward. He's he's still young. Like I mean, he's a kid and learning and getting better. And and what we're seeing right now from JJ Paterka 
Um, I think he's going to be better in, in three years from now. I think he's going to be that much better, that much stronger, that, that much better as, as a player in general. And, and on a three on three, three on three, I would think that JJ Baturka would be a guy that you would want to have on the ice. But again, that's, these are decisions that, that I, I don't make. I don't get to see JJ Baturka in practice and all the little things. It's just, I get the, the eye test of what I get to see throughout games. And he's a pretty dynamic, beautiful skater, lots of talent. And he's got a great shot and instinct to score. He's our number one scorer. So it's, why wouldn't he be out on three on three?